Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Research shows that where you live does have a significant impact on your overall health. The Aetna Foundation, together with U.S. News, has just released their ranking of the healthiest communities in the U.S. And joining me now to discuss is Aetna Foundation's president, Dr. Garth Graham. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So break this down for us. How many communities across the country did you look at for this survey? So we looked at all 3,000 communities or counties across the United States. And we looked at um, 10 factors that we think, um, and the science has shown, uh, dictates local health. So things like access to primary care being one of that, but more than that, looking at things like infrastructure, the environment, uh, housing, education, all the kinds of things that make individuals within a community healthier. When you say infrastructure, are you talking parks? Mm, Yeah, a combination of both. So infrastructure, looking at um, the amount of um, homes or houses um, within a particular community that might be vacant. Um, so understanding you know, just how lively the economy is in that context, mm-hmm. but also looking at um, access to things like um, bikeability, walkability, and the kinds of things that we know impact an individual's um, ability to make healthier choices. And so when we look at um, this um, uh, ranking um, that we're doing with U.S. News, um, what we really wanted to do is look at how we define healthcare um, uh, in a very um, real context for individuals living within communities. Were you surprised by your findings? What was the big takeaway for you? Yeah, so, you know, there were a couple of um, key surprises. Uh, for me personally, having been involved in this area as a researcher for a number of years, so one of the things I think that still dictates um, a lot of health outcomes, um, as you alluded to earlier, is that, you know, your zip code really is driving a lot in terms of your own health, where you live, matters in terms of how long you live and the kind of quality of life that you have. Um, and a lot of um, uh, what we spend in, in, in medicine and in uh, healthcare overall has a lot to do with, you know, you know, when people are in the hospitals, things like that. But where healthcare is happening is at the kitchen table. Um, it's happening, you know, when people get out and are able to exercise and do all those kinds of things. So that's one context to take. I think what surprised me and still, I think, continues to surprise a number of us it's just the toll that things like opioid epidemic is taking on big cities. You know, and we see in the data looking at uh, Philadelphia County um, in particular um, as one area that did not do as well as we would want to have seen for an um, urban community. And I think a lot of that is reflective of um, just, a, just the kinds of challenges we're facing with things like opioids. I want to get more, um, I want to speak to you more about the opioid epidemic and even how the Aetna Foundation is trying to assist in that area. But I want to get back to this survey because uh, the ranking, the the number one ranking, the the healthiest community um, in the country, according to your ranking, is Falls Church Mm -hmm. City, Virginia. Talk to us about that community and why. Yes, there's a number of factors that kind of went into it. You know, Falls Church, um, you know, is an economically vibrant community. And so there are some generic um, socioeconomic contexts that we see there. But there are all kinds of things. You know, Falls Church, we see um, as a community, has invested in things like making sure that residents are able to um, exercise and take care of, of their own, in terms of their own personal choices, um, to be able to make some choices that are beneficial to them. So you see that in a lot of communities from Falls Church, Colorado, New Mexico, um, you know, uh, uh, right over here in New Jersey, you see a lot of places where the um, local infrastructure is built to help promote physical health. Um, So that's kind of one of the key takeaways from the top. But what we wanted to do with this is not just focus at the top, but also look at some of the challenges lower down on the list. 
Um, and as you as you kind of alluded to, and as we kind of discussed, you know, there are um, discrete challenges being faced by those communities that we as healthcare leaders, as um, uh, folks who are concerned about local communities, need to make sure we address. What are some of those communities that uh, had low rankings here? Yeah. And who could improve? Who could improve? So, you know, across the board, again, we looked at, you know, all the 3,000 counties in the United States. And what we saw is in a number of uh, urban communities, there are challenges being faced. One, as we alluded to earlier, um, with things like the opioid epidemic. But two, we start to understand um, that a lot of local residents in these communities don't uh, are not able to access some of the kinds of infrastructure that we believe uh, would allow them to live healthier lives. And so um, one of the interesting studies that we've seen that um, uh, prior to this is that the more that we're able to invest in the kinds of things that occur outside of the doctor's offices, um, the kinds of community infrastructure that helps you know build um, strength locally, I think is where um, we see a lot of these kinds of challenges in some of these uh, communities lower down the list. And we're committed to investing in that. What could these communities that you say could stand to make some improvements, learn, take away? What are some things they could do now? I mean, infrastructure yep. is tough, right? Because you need tough. you need the money, you need the okay from uh, local officials, mm -hmm. and that takes time. Mm -hmm. But what are some things that they can start implementing almost immediately to help the residents in their communities? Yeah, and you know, we see that with a lot of the um, uh, local communities that we've been working with. Um, at some part of this thing we're doing with the healthier cities and counties, looking at cities and counties that are committed to this issue. So what we know is this, partnerships matter, um, partnerships between uh, business leaders, hospitals, uh, local community leaders, um, as well as just individuals in the community matters. And so the kinds of things where people can um, look at, at the kinds of changes that they can bring to get when they bring together these partnerships are particularly important. So for instance, you know, we're seeing amazing things in places like um, Camden, New Jersey, where they've been facing a lot of uh, socioeconomic challenges but also where folks like uh, the Smart City Initiative there has been investing in um, cleaning up sewage um, and using things like green space as a way to control sewage um, in local communities. So that's a way where you know, um, uh, local partners are taking back their community and building some of that um, healthier um, uh, local spaces that we know matter. Now, one of the criteria that you looked at, was it overall quality of health care mm. provided, meaning the quality of the doctors, nurses, hospitals. Did that sort of play into yeah. the equation? So um, uh, about you know, 13 to 14 percent of it looked at the things like um, access to care and access to primary care and population health. And so there is that part of it that we know is definitional, uh, meaning you need to have access to care to be healthy. But you know, again, the vast majority of factors that came out um, when we um, worked with kind of defining what health looked like had to do with things that are occurring outside of the doctor's mm -hmm. offices. And we still know that, you know, 60%, if not more, of our own individual health is driven by the kinds of um, social infrastructure um, that we're able to both create and keep as individuals as opposed to you know, the 15 minutes to half an hour we spend in a doctor's office a year. Here in New York City, we have some of the best medical institutions. I'm curious where this city uh, ranked in, in your inaugural ranking. And while we may have done very well in terms of uh, quality of health care, did we not do very well in other areas like open spaces and sure. parks and such? So, you know, New York City, like a number of other uh, major urban uh, cities, um, face a lot of unique challenges. So you have a lot of um, uh, places like Maryland, Baltimore in particular, 
um, where you have you know world class academic institutions, but the surrounding communities have um, um, unique challenges that help to define the health of those local communities. And it's not just here in New York City; we see it in, in Boston um, and other places, Cleveland and other places where um, again you have world class institutions. And what that shows us is that healthcare is still occurring outside the doctor's offices. And as opposed to the 15 minutes, half an hour, one hour that the average person may spend with their doctor each year, there are thousands of other hours that define their own health care. And so understanding how and where and the, kinds of, uh, the kind of quality of life that individuals are able to uh, live outside of that you know, brief time period that they spend interacting with the actual healthcare institution is definitional to, to identifying and defining an individual's health a community's health, and a population's health. You know, Colorado uh, shows up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, in your top 10 healthiest communities, Colorado appears four times. Mm -hmm. Is it possibly a combination of the fact that, yes, they have the infrastructure and the other things that go along with making them a healthier community, but also that, in general, healthier people are attracted to these communities? Well, you know, what we see there is that um, places like Colorado um, have invested in open-air spaces and the kinds of things that allow people uh, to live a healthier life. And so certainly there's a reciprocal uh, benefit for that. But then, as you alluded to earlier, we have to also look at um, what's, what are the lessons learned there for um, uh, the kinds of communities that are on the opposite end of the list. And the lesson learned there is, again, you know, this idea that if we define a community's health, outside of the doctor's office, then we get a more a broader uh, spectrum of um, not just the kinds of lives that individuals are leaving, but the opportunity leading, but the opportunities we have to improve the health care. And I think that's where um, we have started as the a, as a Edna Foundation, been investing a lot more um, into the issues around this concept of social determinants of health. Tell me more about uh, the Aetna Foundation and how is it connected to, I mean, people are familiar with the name Aetna because mm -hmm. of the health insurance, right? Yeah. But tell us about uh, the arm that you're involved with. Yeah. So the Aetna Foundation is a philanthropic arm of Aetna. And for um, decades, really, the, you know, we've been investing in local communities and the health of local communities. And part of why um, we undertook this effort with U.S. News was really to bring this definition of health being very local and understanding that, like politics, um, all health is local. Um, you know, bring it to the forefront around this discussion around healthcare, and so you know, right now we're working with cities and counties around just the kinds of issues that we've identified here. How do we make um, I mean, more bike trails? How do we make sure that when citizens step out of their door, they're stepping out into a healthy community that they feel safe and they don't have to worry about being hurt, um, either physically or otherwise? Um, and investing in all of these different metrics and factors that uh, we're measuring here, because we, again, we define health as all of the kinds of things that can impact an individual's uh, life expectancy. Now, we know communities also play an important role in fighting mm -hmm. the opioid epidemic in this country, and the numbers are staggering. Some 64,000 people in the U.S. died of drug overdoses in 2016. I understand the Aetna Foundation is offering grants to mm -hmm. communities hardest hit. What will these grants do, and, and who's getting them? Yeah, so, you know, we've been working with um, state leaders from um, North Carolina and others um, across the board. And what we're doing there in, in Pennsylvania and some of the areas most hit um, with, um, as you've seen by the rankings here in Philadelphia, et cetera. And what we're doing here is having local communities define what they need. So, for instance, in North Carolina, with the North Carolina Harm Reduction Coalition, um, they have defined not just giving um, naloxone, which is an opioid reversal agent, 
um, um, as a particularly impactful thing to do, but identifying the things you do before somebody even um, gets to the point of overdose um, and working with those individuals. And truth be told, this, this epidemic right now is affecting individuals between the ages of 15 to 34 the most. For the first time in the United States, actually the second time in a row, our life expectancy as a country declined, hmm. primarily driven by the impact that this epidemic is having on our youngest population. And so the economic effect of that is, is also kind of interesting when you spiral that out. And so for us, you know, um, we have communities help define the problem, help define the solution, and our role is really just to invest and support communities um, with the solutions that they've defined. And so these grants are, how much are the grants? So um, last uh, month, we, we, we announced our, uh, a million dollars to North Carolina, the North Carolina Harm Reduction Coalition, as part of a $6 million overall commitment working with various communities similar to that. Um, and I think part of what we're trying to do here is understand that the investment is significant because the problem is significant. And so the, 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 the concept of working with local communities here is, again, um, definitional um, to the idea and the vision for success. You know, um, President Trump spoke recently about the crisis, and he said that he wants to execute drug dealers and sue big pharma companies making these drugs. And I'm curious, uh, <laughs> your your viewpoints on that. What are your thoughts? Well, Sorry, guys. It's again. Oh. <laughs> uh, again, you know what? It's, it's, for some reason, I always assume it's just me. When yeah, you clearly just don't. It's such a New York sound that I can barely hear it when, I, anymore. when you're not, yeah, when you're not listening for um, it. But yeah, so we know where we are. It's the president. Trump. Yep. The sirens in your head, Dr. I know. Uh, the I know. sirens in your I head. Know. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have a firehouse right near us either. I don't, I don't get it. But sometimes we're on the air, the TV too. We hear it pretty, pretty loud and clear actually. Because I think stop? they go right under. No, no we just, just have to go it. because we're live, That's so we right. have to go That's power right. through. But okay, right. hang on. You're good. Go for it. Okay, you know, President Trump uh, recently spoke about the crisis, and he said he wants to execute drug dealers and sue big pharma companies making these drugs. What are your thoughts on those tactics? Well, you know, I still think that the most successful way to deal with this epidemic is to understand the challenges that local communities are facing. And so there are deep economic challenges behind this epidemic. You know, understanding that a lot of the epidemic is driven by lost opportunities um, where jobs were and are no longer, um, where people were once being able to have an economically thriving economy and that has gone away. And we know that um, the substitute for that is not just challenges with mental health, but also challenges with addiction. And so, you know, how I look at this and the lens that we look at this from is, you know, the best way to tackle this environment is to build up local communities. If we build up local communities, we're not just talking about tackling opioids, we're talking about tackling diabetes, hypertension, and understanding what are the driving factors. So, um, um, you know, attacking the root cause is always um, the best solution. And so where we are really investing our funding and dollars is how to build and strengthen local communities. Do you find that um, the opioid crisis is uh, tied to socioeconomic uh, factors or not? Mm, you know, what's funny is that we're seeing the opioid epidemic hit all socioeconomic factors. You know, it's interesting. The concept of loss of hope and hopelessness is not um, as much tied to um, economy as we believe it is. And so um, there are factors for this that are driven by, um, um, you know, challenges that are faced in local socioeconomic um, uh, communities. But again, we're seeing this issue affect um, from the rich to the poor.
Mm-hmm. And the thing here to understand is the definition of what uplifts a community is all of these different factors. And so, again, going back to what I think is a solution, I still think the solution is building up um, an understanding how we create more hope um, and how we create a vision for a more positive and stronger local community. And is this done by services, outreach services? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think it starts with a couple of things. Um, so I think it starts with first addressing the problem right on. So I think we still have to look at um, the role for things like opioid reversal agencies, um, agents in acute settings. But once those folks come into the hospital and they are alive again, we then have to segue them into either uh, medical-assisted treatment um, or peer-to-peer treatment, or also then segue them into other things that allow them to live a more prosperous life. And then you take a step back and then you think, how do you prevent that initial activity from even happening? And it's about identifying um, the high-risk environments, um, whether that be from um, you know, middle-class or lower-class um, communities, and then targeting and reaching particularly some of the younger folks who may be more susceptible in terms of addiction. You know, we spoke to um, someone else here on, on our recent podcast about something called Life Kit, mm-hmm. and it's um, you, you're familiar mm-hmm. with it. What do you think about that tact? I mean, this, this, here's a company that says, you know what, we can find out whether or not you're susceptible to addiction, whether or not you may become addicted to opioids, and so if so, you can make more informed decisions about your health. Well, truth be told, you know, we have a lot of data um, around um, what makes people susceptible to addiction. Um, We understand a lot around mental health and the challenges around mental health um, based on some of the great work that's been done in Boston, Hopkins, and all the different places. And so I think what we need to do now is to think more about, um, as a country, how do we take mental health out of the shadows and into the light? And once we start doing that, I think um, a lot of the research that has been developed can help to support our, our strategies moving forward. But again, you know, opioids and the opioid epidemic is multifaceted. And again, it's impacting all different communities from um, all walks of life. And so, um, you know, understanding the impact of mental health is important. Understanding the impact of the local economy is important. But also understanding, again, um, how we reach people and provide hope and a vision for hope is also going to be important. Dr. Garth Graham of the Aetna Foundation, thanks so much for this conversation and for joining us on this podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast, and remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.